Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church Companion Podcast for Tuesday, January the 19th. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me this week, we've got... Melissa Vino. And Jacob Schneider. And this week, we are continuing our discussion of our January sermon series titled, We Believe. We're talking this week about what we mean when we say that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's a, that's a loaded phrase, and we're going to talk about what that means to us. But before we get to all of that, let's open with a word of prayer. Who would like to lead us in prayer this evening? I would be happy to. Thanks. Go ahead. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks and praise for this day, the gift of this day, and we give you thanks for uh, this chance to join together, uh, to join in holy conversation. I pray you would meet us here, you would guide us. Um, God, we just want to grow in our love for you um, and our love for each other. So, uh, God, we just give you this time and this space. We ask that you be with everyone who gathers with us um, and just use this time in our lives. All, all of this we pray in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's dive into our sermon from last Sunday. Um, I know we had a little bit of homework in the uh, in the e-newsletter asking us to read some of those I am statements from John, the Gospel of John. Um, and we were talking about who Jesus is and what that means to us as Christians when we say we believe um, so let's talk a little bit about the sermon. Is there anything in particular that jumped out? Anything that uh, grabbed you either as you were preparing the sermon or as we were listening and participating in worship this week? Um, and we'll just kind of open the floor, open the discussion there. Um, well, I have I wrote down a couple of different things um, in thinking about you know discussion for the podcast. And I'm going to try to go kind of in the order that you covered it in the sermon. So this would have been like near the beginning of it when you were talking about that, you know, all throughout the old Testament, um, there's people asking over and over for God to reveal himself and for God to speak to them and, um, you know, come down and, and then pointing out, you know, oh, okay. God finally was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, reveals himself through Jesus who's walking amongst us human living life with us. And then we still seemed to miss it. Like he, yeah. he, he came and was with us. He came down, he did what y'all asked him to do. And then we still kind of screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the word we were expecting. Right. I mean, yeah. So, you know, all the Jewish prophecy, they had their own idea of what that would look like. The conquering hero, the, warlike, you know, conquering king, all of those things. But I think I, I love that, that Isaiah past, uh, verse, uh, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down to make your name known. Um, and then parallel that with the story of Jesus' baptism that we encounter in the Gospels, where, right, Jesus descends into the water, the heavens open up, the Holy Spirit descends, and what is is behold this is my son in whom i am well pleased you know his name was made known the heavens opened up um and in that one that's one of the only instances where you have a reference to the father the son and the holy spirit all in one one verse instance so yeah the fullness of god revealed made known 
man, it would have been something to be there <laughs> when, when that happened. <laughs> yeah, it would have. But I wonder if we would have been receptive to it or if we would have been, you know, like everybody else. We've been like, well, right. it's, I'm it's sure we can explain say, that away somehow, you know. Or It's easy to say 2,000 years later when we have the whole Bible and, you know, the whole story and everything. But, yeah, I mean, it's easy to say sitting where I am now, that would have been awesome. Like I would have believed that from the get go, no doubt, but right. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think about that a lot. In those shoes. Yeah. 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 I think about that a lot. Um, talked about the instance of Jesus before Pilate and what is true that, that whole scene and the crowds, you know, chanting, chanting, crucifying, crucifying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I think about if I was there in that situation, I'm not usually, I don't typically go with the crowds. I think a lot of us think that of ourselves, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But I, I, I'm not one to, you know, go out and yell, crucify, crucify. But I don't think I would have been one to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the son of God. Um, right. So I, I, I think, you know, I parallel that to, um, our current context and <laughs> would would we know him right yeah I think this sermon for me did a lot of connecting the dots as I was thinking about it and kind of getting my notes together and you know what what did I get out of the sermon I, I really it was it was a lot of connecting the dots so if you'll bear with me i'll kind of draw out the dots that i connected and you can tell me if i if it really is a giraffe or if it looks like something else here as we connect <laughs> the dots together i guess they have small giraffes now i saw a story about that they have like the corgis of giraffes so like mini giraffes i think that'd be oh, pretty cool no. to have oh, not, no. not that that has anything to do with the sermon but anyway <laughs> as we're talking about connect the dots all right here we go so here is kind of the the line I have drawn through the sermon, through through scripture, through the Bible. The word was with God. We were created in the image of God and the word. I mean, we have the quote in the Bible, let us make him in our own image, meaning plural, multiple. It wasn't God at creation. The word was with God in the beginning and creation was good. We have that multiple times in the Bible as well. Our rebellion and disobedience is the root cause of what's wrong in the world. It's a good creation. It's a good world. We, with our choices, have brought sin, death, destruction, ruin, whatever, into the world. Creation groans for restoration. All of creation will be restored when those who introduced the brokenness into the world and perpetuate brokenness today still are restored to who they were created to be. So that's kind of the beginning of it. Um, The word became flesh. Jesus took on our brokenness in order to restore us into right relationship with God, loving, trusting, obeying right relationship with one another through loving, humble service and right relationship with the rest of creation, being good stewards of creation that we've been given. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, did not come to say creation was good, but now it's not. He came to restore it by restoring us back to who we were meant to be. Um, 
as Jesus was both fully divine and fully human, so are we. We're both spiritual and physical beings. If we were just physical beings, then none of this would matter. We'd, we'd live, we'd die, our carcass would rot. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that'd be the end of the story. If we were just spiritual beings, none of this would matter. We'd shrug off this meat cocoon and go live an eternal spiritual life, as a lot of lot of folks kind of preach still. Um, but because we are fully spiritual and fully physical, like Christ, all of this does matter. This life matters. There's beauty in it because it's temporary. Our ability to participate in impact creation and the lives of others as witnesses of God's love is important because it is fleeting. We only have a little bit of time here to do that. So that's kind of the dots I trace through this sermon, pieces of other sermons. I mean, that, that's kind of, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's the whole story. That's all, all right. we need to know. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah, that's the arc of scripture. Honestly, yeah. like as you were talking, like point by point, I was thinking this scripture, Genesis. Mm-hmm. You know, moving on to the prophets, to Jesus, to um, Romans eight, to Revelation. I mean, it's yeah, it's just, just you just the trace of, the line. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many times we like to just get caught up and trip ourselves up over other things, whether it's other scriptures well what about this and we get we take our eyes off of what it is we're supposed to be focused on because we go you know and it's easy i do it chasing rabbits down the rabbit holes or you know doing other things getting caught up in the business of church you know as opposed to this is who we are this is who we are created to be we've only got this amount of time in front of us what are we going to do with it to be who we were created to be you know chasing perfection so um, I think that that from this, you know, that obviously that's not all from this sermon, but I think that, yeah, this sermon seems to kind of pull a lot of it together, or at least it did for me this week. Mm-hmm. Good. I think it's easy for yeah. us to forget, too, that Jesus was not just a New Testament thing. Like when, you know, in, I, then I do like how John points out that he's there in the beginning with God. Jesus has always been part of our story. Yeah. He's always been part of it. And it's, I think we tend, or I can say for myself, I don't think I'm alone in Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, you don't think about Jesus until the new Testament, because that's when he enters our mess. Um, but he's been part in the beginning. I, I think about that a lot because, you know, a, a faithful Jew is not going to read Scripture in that way. He's not going to read Genesis, you know, 1 in that way. Um, let us create humankind in our image. You know, they might talk about the the heavenly host or, you know, um, just kind of <laughs> there's still some communal aspect there, but not within the Godhead himself. So, of course... When, when we have the fullness of God revealed in Jesus, we have a fuller understanding of who God is. So, yeah, how can we not read Christ through the entire narrative? So, But that's a, that's a fine line, honestly, especially when we're having conversations with folks of other faiths. Or, you know, it's, right. it is a fine line. So, mm-hmm. But it's okay for us to own that and to be confident in it.
any other thoughts from this week's sermon? I, I will say so that that metaphor of the bridge, the, you know, standing on the banks of the river. And um, I think so many of us, even in traditions who don't really adhere to, you know, once we're, once we accept Christ, we're done. We're just waiting until we shed these bodies and go to heaven. Um, I still think it's so pervasive culturally in the church um, and even if we don't really believe that, we still find ourselves just waiting, <laughs> waiting. Um, you know, there, I've, I've talked to folks before, not, not in the Ozark community, but uh, folks before who, you know, in their 80s, talking about their faith life and, you know, asking, you know, when, when have you encountered the presence of God? And they started talking about... Uh, is, is really when's the last time you've experienced the, kind of, experienced the presence of God in your life? And they start talking about an experience they had at UMYF or something, a youth group when they were a teenager. And um, I think in a lot of ways we've just lost that journey, nature, that the reality that there is a bridge, the bridge is our life, and we've got to walk that bridge across to the other side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's joining in on what God is already at work doing in our lives um, and seeking to grow in that. So um, I'm I, just as a tip off, I'm going to take that <laughs> metaphor and kind of use that as a springboard into Lent. Just, just as a, just to show up. the cards a little. Right. Well, that's a convenient, it's a convenient way to look at it. Right. I do this once I'm set. I, I, it absolves me of some measure of responsibility if I'm just waiting. You know, I, I think it. I think it. It's it's an easy sell. I think for a lot of people, and it's an easy it's an easy thing to buy into the the idea that I've done my part. I made my decision. I've made my commitment. I was baptized, and now I'm just waiting for eternity. Not realizing that eternity doesn't start and go forward. Eternity starts. It goes both directions. You you are to be active currently, not waiting for some reward. Yep. And I think that. Then, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was. That's one of the things that I wrote down. That if if that's what we hold to be, you know, what we believe that, um, it's just punch my ticket, you know, this is my ticket to, to get to heaven. And while I'm here, I'm just going to be here. It's kind of exist kind of, um, you miss so much just, I mean, I can't imagine how, um, different my life would be if, if I just sat around just waiting for, for my death so I can go to heaven. Um, because we're given such a great opportunity to, to bring part of the kingdom here on earth and, you know, show little inklings of what can be. When you said something about, you know, that we picture a world so much different than what we have right now, that we picture it could be so much better. Well, yeah, I do believe that this place could be so much better. And I've said so many times, you know, imagine what it would be like if we could all just love each other. <laughs> I'm like, I, it's a beautiful thing, you know, and, and 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be so much better, I think, than it is right now, um, mm-hmm. which one day we'll get there. Um, but I want to make this where we are right now as much like that as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, back to that point, though, there, there's a comfort in saying it's broken. Only God can fix it. So that kind of takes it out of my hands. I can just sit back and wait for God to fix it. I don't have to participate in the suffering of the world. I don't have to get into the ugly parts and try to help heal that brokenness. It's, it's, it's convenient and it's easy. And like I said, it's, it's, I think that a lot of our, I don't know, coin a phrase here, cultural Christianity, a lot of our pop culture Christianity, if we can call it, that is a lot of punch your ticket take care of yourself. You take care of you and then, you know, just kind of wait it out or enjoy, enjoy the blessings, you know, the kind of that, you know, the, the whole, you know, God will bless you that, you know, as opposed to now you need to get in and, you know, now that you know what this is supposed to be, it's time to go to work. It's a lot of people see Christianity as like the, now I'm on vacation till I die, as opposed to now I've got to go to work (laughs) until I die. So does do I just because I can't wrap my head around that way of thinking? Do they just skip the parts of the Bible where it said you're supposed to take a lot of us do? A lot of us do that. A lot of us do that anyhow. But yeah, there 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 is there is a very much you know yeah there there I mean there are different thoughts in this weird American Christianity that we have you know where we've taken things like you know nationalism and prosperity gospel and a lot of these weird things that just we tie them together and it's very much a just a you know we, we're worried about saving souls but we're not feeding the hungry i mean right the, the people i know who are living in abject poverty are and i know a few they're, they're not concerned about their souls they're concerned about making that <laughs> that paycheck stretch till the end of the month, yeah. you know? So I think a lot yeah. of times we, or, or we do the convenient things of, well, I'll just write a check and make a donation and they help those things help. Um, mm-hmm. but we're called into relationships. We're called to enter into people's brokenness with them. And, you know, we, it's, it's funny. I, I, I think we've probably all at one point or other sat through a sermon where we were, you know, you know, where Christ is saying, so, you know, to the rich man, sell all your possessions, give them all, give it all away to those who need it and follow me. And then the preacher would stop and say, well, that's not really what Jesus was telling us to do. He wasn't really saying, get rid of everything and follow me here. You know, here's how we're, so, so we should be more charitable and stuff. But no, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the red letters in your Bible. This is pretty much exactly what Jesus said. You know, we are too, you know, self-sacrifice. Christ died for us. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think we have to explain in him and her way around, Hey, you should be sharing in with what you have with those around you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty low bar for us to set to, for Jesus to set for us. And yet we still struggle with a lot of those types of things. Yeah. And I, I had a conversation today kind of talking about the, the reality of denominations and different traditions and um and you know we have a lot in common with a lot of different traditions but we have certain distinctives as well as wesleyan methodist um 
But I, I, I think, you know, the unity factor, the question came up, this person I was talking to, like, how can we call for unity in the world when we, the church, are just fractured? And not just along denominational lines. It, it's not just that we have a different belief, but we still love each other. No, I mean, there's outright, you know, antagonistic uh, relationships between a lot of traditions. Um, and how, yeah, that's a fair, fair question. How can we call for unity or um, expect to see it if we're not even doing it within the church? So, you know, I, I think one helpful way, as um, we we talked, you know, before about how we be the church in the world. But I think one one way, even within the church universal, is to acknowledge I may be wrong, fully willing to admit that I may be wrong. Um, but here's where I think we're all right together, where we believe, and then acknowledge that you have a piece of the puzzle that we don't have. You have this focus, and you do it really well. Bless you. We'll support you in that. So you, you think about the saving souls aspect or the active work in the world, the vocational kind of, uh, you know, holiness of heart and, and you know, uh, heart and life um, that I get. That's why I'm a Wesleyan Methodist, because I think we hold those together, at least theologically. Um, but I think, yeah, bless those who, you know, we need people out saving souls. We also need people in the mud, in the dirt. And I think the the solution would be to maybe take on a little bit of the other, you know, borrow mm-hmm. from what some of them do really well. But, you know, we can still maintain our faithfulness to our particular tradition and all of that while still integrating the fullness of the gospel. So I don't remember where I heard it. I think it was in one of the podcasts I was listening to and it was talking about, you know, when you're speaking with somebody that you do not agree with or you have differences of opinion, that sort of thing. And he said his father taught him to approach those conversations and to just sit and listen for five seconds and assume that they are right. Just believe that they are right for the first five seconds of the conversation and that it really kind of opens you up a little bit more to hearing what they had to say and, um, you know, not going into it in a super defensive manner. Yeah. I've, I've heard a similar, there's a, and I struggle with this, but when you're talking about, others, whatever others means to you in the context of whatever conversation you're having, instead of talking about they, them, those people, if you frame your conversation and you focus on using the words, those of us who, those of us who believe this, those of us who are Catholics, those, because it makes you, it it makes them part of you and you part of them because we're all one body. (laughs) Even if we're not talking about religion, we're all one body of humanity on this planet. You know, there's, you know, you can either think of yourself as one out of 7 billion or one of 7 billion. And that just that small little word, that one word differences makes a big difference in, um, how you can have those conversations or approach different ideas with a little bit more of an open mind, I think. So 
I struggle with that, but I try really hard to start thinking of myself in terms of those of us who. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anything else about the sermon from last week? I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. Please do. Um, so this is when you were talking about how as followers then, how do we respond to um, stuff? And you said um, that it's not to be, to join in the violence and the hate um, that's happening. So my question is, maybe you can help me with this. Then how do we respond? What do I say to a person who says, that they're doing those things in God's name and, and says, you know, or that person that says, well, you're going to hell because you fill in the blank, you know, how, how do I respond to that? If they, I mean, they fully believe that they're doing this in God's name. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, those of us who do that, <laughs> 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 all of us who do yeah. do something, like, I think it, the the point would be to try and listen, like you say. Um, listen, assume they are right. At least, you know, acknowledge that they could be right or acknowledge that you could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, say, you know, I disagree with that. Here's what I think. Um, and if you can't even have that conversation, because I know – oftentimes we're just talking past one another and it, it really there's no point for a conversation. And sometimes you just have to acknowledge that we just disagree on this and we're not going to agree on this. We're not going to get along on this. You can shake the dust off your feet and just move on. <laughs> um, I, and I think, you know, especially with social media, I think it's um, – this past year with social media, it, it just grates at people. I think just scrolling through all that stuff, and um, and I think it just builds up over time, and to where just the most innocuous, just mundane um, post or something throws somebody off the edge. Yeah. Um, just shut it off. Just turn it off. I mean, just walk away. Um, we can control that about ourselves. We can't control what somebody else does. Um, and sometimes we just acknowledge that we won't ever agree on that mm-hmm. particular thing. Um, so that's okay. We can move on. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's okay for us to have, okay, I say it's okay. It's, it's necessary for us to have convictions uh, it's good to have opinions, um, but and and we can share those, and we can even have, you know, constructive arguments. But if it's constructive, but if it resorts to personal attacks, acts of violence, either physically or verbally, or you know, emotionally or whatever, or coercion or force or manipulation um, we're doing it wrong so yeah it's okay to agree to disagree is what you're saying yeah if it yeah. gets to that point yeah. yeah I guess the 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 catch is how do you agree to disagree is it 
<laughs> with hurt feelings and taking my ball and going home, or is it with love and, and empathy and yeah? Well, and that's the problem. We we've like backed ourselves in all these corners, and we can't even agree on disagreeing. So I mean, we've decided that we're not going to agree on anything. So we aren't going to agree to disagree. So I mean, sometimes you just have to walk away. Mm-hmm. If if that saves you from becoming violent or verbally abusive or, you know, just walk away. Otherwise, just take it on the cheek, offer the other cheek, and right. go on. I have found that over the last couple of weeks that I, I feel like I have, I've bit my tongue a lot more because I'll see something. I'll be like, oh, that's not right. <laughs> I'm like, and I'll start to say something. And I'm like, I'm not even, I, I don't want to fight about it. So I'm just going to not say anything and just, yeah, yeah. pretend I, I didn't see it. <laughs> I also think there are creative ways of kind of breaking down some of those barriers. I read a book long ago is talking about, you know, kind of creative ways of being faithful, being a Christian. And it, it talked about um, a, a mother in a, in a grocery store or something who has a small child and the child starts just throwing an absolute fit one that you cannot, there's nothing you can do. You can't yell at them. You couldn't swat them or anything to make them stop. And (laughs) just screaming, rolling on the floor, pounding their fists. So the mother decided, well, I'll just do that. So the mother got on the ground, started screaming and throwing her arms around. And the child was just like, immediately stopped. Like, what is going on? (laughs) And that was it. And they just went on. Mm -hmm. So I think (laughs) using that as an analogy, I mean, creatively... (laughs) Breaking down the barriers is like, we're not going to get mired in this conversation about something we'll never agree on or talking past one another. Just just, just turn the other way and talk about sports or something. I don't know, whatever you're into. I, don't, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, How about those teams? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. A lot of good stuff tonight. A lot of good discussion. Uh, let us know your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, needs. Uh, maybe maybe you've been uh, particularly moved by something that was said. Let us know. You can find us on social media at Ozark UMC on Facebook and Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at ozarkumc.org. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you have any questions that we can or comments that we can bring up and talk about uh, in upcoming episodes. Well, in addition to our We Believe sermon series, we are getting back to the basics of our faith and who we are as Christians, particularly in the United Methodist Church. And again, in addition with our our sermon series, we have a discipleship class that has begun. It kicked off last week called Discover. It's an online course. It meets Wednesday evenings over Zoom. Um, If you're unable to make it to the meeting, the recordings are available on the Ozark UMC YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website a little bit later in the week, usually the next day. Uh, Week one, like I said, it started last week. Week one was more of a introduction to the course, um, you know, kind of what to expect over this 11-week study, kind of, you know, getting to know some of the folks in the class and kind of their backgrounds and what they expect from this class. Uh, It's available right now. If you haven't had a chance, you can catch that still anytime. 
And uh, week two is, if you're watching us live as we record this on Tuesday night, it's tomorrow night. If you're listening to the podcast on Wednesday, it is uh, tonight at 7 p.m. If you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, it's available somewhere to go find. You missed the live again. <laughs> you missed it. Uh, but we do hope you will uh, you will join that with us. Um, maybe you want to talk a little bit more about that because uh, I know because I know last week was kind of. Uh, it's week one. It's it's a syllabus. It's a hey. Here's what we're doing for the next eleven weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah purely introductory. Trying to get to know one another a little bit, and and it's you know it's difficult over Zoom, so it may feel a little strange or different. Uh, but this week we're really going to start diving into the meat of. Um, what we're getting at. So we'll be talking about the nature of the church. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, we're, we're going to broadly follow the direction of the, the book that we have, but um, I'd like to get the conversation going in some other directions as well. So, uh, But it should be good. Uh, you just want to enter into conversation about these things. And I think it's important to have different voices at the table. I, I know there are folks from all different traditions who grew up in different traditions or didn't grow up in any tradition or uh, or and folks who grew up Methodist and have known this stuff for 60 years you know um, just a, a, a great mix of people and everyone has something to add to the conversation so that that's what I want to foster and hope that you'll join in on Absolutely. Uh, it's a good time. It, it's, I think it's going to get better as we get into it. Like I said, the first week's always weird, especially over zoom, but for any class, the first week's always kind of weird, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was good. We were there last week. I know Melissa, you just finished watching last week's. Did yeah. you have any thoughts about what, about the, uh, the class, the first week of the class? No, I thought it was good. Um, it was, it was hard for Brad and I, because we can't like, interject our thoughts kind of thing. I mean, you could pause like, it and be like, hey, yeah, like, start I shoot off a text or something afterwards. But, um, but he and I are able to have some conversation with each other, which is why we want to do it together so that we can talk to each other about it. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of times that I was like, Oh, like I wanted to say this, but they can't hear me. And when somebody said something about a question, I was like, Brad, throw your question out. <laughs> So that part's a little bit weird, but I mean, we're, we're still going to yeah. definitely do it because when you asked, you know, what, you know, I, I grew up in church, but I didn't grow up in a Methodist church. And so there's plenty of stuff that I don't know. Um, so I'm looking forward to finding out exactly what, what it is that Methodism is all about. I have a pretty good idea, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff I don't know. <laughs> That's good. And that's that's one thing, you know, most of what we're talking about is just what Christians believe. Um, we'll get into some of, like, what Methodist Christians believe uh, specifically, but most, you know, especially here on the front end, is just, this is just basic Christian understandings of the church or the right. Bible, or, you know, so kind of clarify that for some folks. Yeah. And so next week I, I asked Joey this, I was like, there wasn't anything said about like what the assignment was. So is it just the next chapter? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> the, the teacher in me needs to know that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Clearly, I'm not. What is the assignment? <laughs> don't have an education degree. <laughs> That's all right. We're, it'll get better as we go. We'll get more used to it. The format and just, yeah, like you said, the weirdness of doing it on Zoom and... Uh, but yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good opportunity, to, like you said, just to, if nothing else, just to remind yourself of what it is that we profess, what it is we are to be about, both when we are the church on Sunday morning and the church Monday through Saturday as well. Yep. Speaking of Sunday mornings, let's talk a little bit about what we have coming up this Sunday. Uh, we will continue to meet in person this Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m., if you are unable to or choose not to uh, be there in person, we will be live streaming the 8.30 a.m. service on the Ozark United Methodist Church Facebook page, the YouTube channel, um, and then the recording of that will be on our website after the service is over. Uh, we are continuing our We Believe sermon series, and I know the scripture reading just changed earlier today. Uh, kind of give us a little bit uh, a, a heads up, an idea of where we're going this week. Yeah, so I started reading and writing my sermon for this week, and had a had had a direction in mind, a scripture from the Gospel of John in mind, and it just went everything just went took a left turn and went a completely different direction um, in the specifics. You know, generally we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, um, who the Holy Spirit is, how we understand the work of the Spirit, but we're just with everything we've been talking about and everything going on in the world, uh, we're coming at it by building off of uh, some of what we talked about tonight, you know, that, um, you know, we live this life as followers of Jesus. So we, we don't just, we're just waiting around, those types of things. And we're, so we're going to be in Philippians, uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3. Um, and... I'm going to focus on verses 9 through 15, or I'm sorry, 15 through 21, rather, um, that are often, it's one passage that's often misread. Um, and so we're going to dig into that and dig into what it means to be a citizen of heaven here and now by the so work of the Holy Spirit. So. So give us a little peek behind the curtain, a little inside baseball. When you're preparing your sermons sometimes, do you often find that it goes off the rails? And when it does, when you find that this where you're being led in your preparation isn't where you thought you were going, which 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 tends to take precedence or does it matter? Where do you go when something like that happens and you're like, yeah, this is going somewhere I wasn't thinking I was going this Sunday? Yeah. So to, just to give it, my process is to map out, loosely map out the, the entire sermon, se sermon series ahead of time, scriptures and general descriptions of what we'll be talking about. But I've never been one who can write sermons like weeks ahead of time. Um, I think mainly because I get a lot of inspiration from what is going on in the community now or what is going on in the world now or... Um, or maybe just what God's saying as I pray or read scripture or, um, so I, you know, I still, it's good to have a plan. It's good to have an outline. Um, but for me, like this week, there's just the, the, the message I had in mind just seemed flat compared to what I thought God was really wanting to say. 
Um, and, and I just discovered that as I was digging and digging through Philippians and, uh, listening to different, uh, uh, teachers and reading different extra biblical sources. And so that's, that's where we are. All right. That's how I got there. Good. Hopefully, I don't know if anybody else finds that interesting or not, but I was, I like, I, I like process. Yeah. I like, a, I like to know process a lot just to see where things go. So whatever, whatever form it takes, whether you're going to be joining us live, whether you'll be joining us online, whether you're catching it, the recording of the, of the live stream later in the week, however it is that uh, best fits your needs. We absolutely look forward to worshiping with you this Sunday. Anybody have anything else before we get out of here tonight? All right. I would, a good discussion. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I will say one thing, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, I would no, we're done. We're cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage folks to check out the the newsletter that comes out tomorrow at 4 p.m. Um, I, I wrote um, an article for that, and I'm just encouraging folks to pray. And, and really, I was thinking about because I've spent a lot of time in Paul. So I was, I was thinking like how, what, what, what does scripture have to say about um, how we respond to the world as it is? And especially as we go into the inauguration, um, what, how, what does scripture say about how we're to pray? Cause we all know we're supposed to pray, but how are we to pray? Um, and so there's a prayer in Colossians chapter one that I, I, I put a, a little excerpt in uh, the newsletter uh, for, and I'm just encouraging people to use that. Use Paul, what Paul's praying for the community. Use those same prayers to pray for yourself. You know, hear that as a prayer for yourself, but also uh, be in prayer for the world, the church, other people. Um, So I just encourage you to check that out tomorrow. Very good. All right. Well, then for Pastor Jacob and for Melissa again, my name is Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you this week.